2: Hey guys, LD here
1: with the Rock and Roll Heaven podcast. Today's episode is a Slap Nuts episode, and I just want to give you guys a heads up that we will be talking about movies, and in some cases, we might be talking about spoilers. So if you're going to skip an episode, uh, just so you don't ruin a film for yourself, maybe this is the episode to skip. But other than that, we're here to have a good time. So let's go. You're
3: digging the Rock and Roll Heaven podcast. With LD, Will the Thrill, and TJ two.
1: Hey guys, welcome to Rock and Roll Head, the podcast where we talk about the lives, careers, and deaths of famous musicians. I am your host LD, along with me for this slap nuts episode is Will the Thrill.
0: Greetings and salutations.
1: Nice. And what are you drinking? Uh,
0: this was selected by LD. This is the Belching Beaver Peanut Butter <laughs> Milk Stout.
1: Uh, you said. Milk and it stout. has a
0: belching beaver on the can.
1: <laughs> All right. And we also have along with us TJ2 the Deuce. That is not it, your best. Is, is he throwing pennies?
4: Mm. Uh, that was that was that was poor. That was a poor effort.
1: Uh, well, I mean, here's the thing. That might have been a poor effort, but uh, I don't know if you guys already know this or not. But what was not a poor effort was my brother winning a ton of Associated yeah. Press awards.
2: Yeah. Woo, 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 woo.
1: So take a second, bask in it. Tell us what you won, T.
4: Um, well, according to Will, I've I won uh, something for best football-related text ever um, related to Brock Osweiler. You you still hold that title, by the way. It is you get yes. to be dethroned. <laughs> I
1: don't think you'll ever will be. So
4: you probably won't be. Well, it's hard to it's hard to take the text. <sighs> Brock Osweiler sucks a whole ass. It,
0: it says it, like it's good
4: storytelling. You have the setup. You have the right. climax. Yeah, and the denouement. It's just, yes, yes. You know the uh, there's a yes. It's it's all there. Every all the components of great storytelling and journalism are, were present in that. There's a there's a clearly defined lead. Um, a reference to a very tall quarterback and then the fact that he sucks and not just that he sucks what he sucks and that it's a whole one and not just part of it and i think
0: like all good writing it still leaves a degree of mystery in the mind of the reader so it's 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 a masterpiece
4: mm-hmm. um well i was very very honored uh today as we're recording this on thursday to be named my state's journalist of the year Yep, of the and, year.
1: of the whole year like that's 365 days where you dominated everyone
4: and the Isn't the, the, the This has to come as a huge shock to our listeners because they're 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 probably going like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So the guy that makes the fifth grade dick jokes on that podcast won some award for journalism. Boy, the bar must be low in South (laughs) Carolina. The one we thought was the giggling hillbilly. Yes, the giggling hillbilly won what? (laughs) Yes. my t- my tiny understaffed paper uh, managed to bring home twenty four awards and uh, I won uh, state yeah. journalist of the year and first places for I'm trying to remember. Oh, I, um, I In depth for, in de- investigative reporting, in depth reporting. Um, we won for you know, videos hey. and use of social media and special Break. projects and.
1: But hang on, um, you won for breaking news, you won for reporting in depth. You won for investigative reporting beat reporting for second place um and then uh the weekly assertive journalism award and uh the weekly journalist of the year award those are the ones that i just got screenshots of but there were so many more and i'm so proud of my big brother and this is the only time you'll ever hear it so enjoy it it's on it's recorded so it's yeah
0: for posterity yep
4: this has been saved this has been saved forever and i'm just going to put it on a loop and so anytime you say (laughs) you suck you're old. I'm just going to play.
1: I'm so proud of my brother. I'm so proud of my brother. I'm so proud. You want me to put that in the teddy bear and just give it to you for Christmas?
4: Yeah, put it in a teddy <laughs> rock <spin.
1: laughs> Holy crap. Well, uh, if you guys haven't figured it out, after Jim Croce, we needed a little bit of a break. kidding? Oh, so so uh, this is our October Slap Nuts episode. And so, I actually chose it because I'm the spooky, ooky one of this trio. And ooh, uh, basically.
4: Haints and boogers.
1: Anyway, uh, <laughs> I really wanted to talk about horror films. But since this is a music podcast, we're going to talk about horror movies, soundtracks, and scores. But before either of you jump in with your um, selections. I have a question for you oh do you okay yes what is your favorite horror film and why of all time i mean you can pick a couple like there's no rules there's no
4: rules Mm, that's tough
1: outback i mean i can go ahead and tell you a couple of my favorite ones absolutely like one of the top like literally we've been to this place that it was based on which is the shining. So we've actually been to the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado. It's one of my favorite horror films of all time. It is a masterpiece. Stanley Kubrick's, you know, direction, his eye is impeccable. Jack Nicholson's amazing. Shirley Vall is awesome. Like every single piece of that film is perfect and I know it's over 3 hours, but it's one of those ones I can just like throw on and just watch every time. Now, if we want to go the um like horror films of other countries i absolutely love the eye i love the south korean film train to busan and i love hot tension which is also high tension which is an incredible film. film french film it's a it's a fabulous film you just have to ignore the first like four minutes of the film to to make it make sense and if you do that you'll be great but um yeah there's some there's a awesome horror films that are coming out of other countries, and it really makes me happy that they're actually making it across the pond here, so we actually get to see them. So. Would we
0: also put, would Pan's Labyrinth be among
1: them? Um, I, you it's know, like horror fantasy. It's, it's, yes, horror fantasy. I think Guillermo del Toro, that is a beautiful film, and Doug Jones brings, like, oh, the Pale Man and the Fawn to life, and it's so incredibly beautiful and intricate, and I love it. The lighting is also great. the The filters that they put on Oh, amazing. Like it just it's beautiful. It's moody and it's not it doesn't go where you think it's gonna go. And that's I I think a really great one. But that's that's I think more a little bit more fantasy. Mm-hmm. So uh before I just keep talking. T, what's your favorite? What are some of your favorite horror films for this spooky season?
4: Okay, some of my favorite horror films. Uh The Shining's really good. Uh mm-hmm. that was that was that would definitely be up there. Um this is, uh, you're, you're going to scoff at this because of the quality of the film, but I loved it so much when I was growing up that I don't care. And that would be Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> I thought you were actually going to say Pumpkinhead, because you used to watch that when we were kids.
4: Yes, I, yep, I watched Pumpkinhead. Um, I would say probably Hellraiser. The original? Yeah. Yeah, the original. Because yeah. first of all, I was a huge Clive Barker fan. And um, I had I had most of his books and everything. That movie, the well, the first two, and then I you know, it got a little. I think Clive was not as involved after that, or if, or maybe not involved at all. But um, the 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 effects in those the the gore level was like through the roof. But there was, especially in the first one, it wasn't just mindless gore. There was there was an intent to it, and there were there were, you know, very weird like sexual overtones to the whole yeah, thing it was very, just, it very was, sensual mm. yeah it is but it's a it's a disturbing movie <laughs> it oh, really yeah. is it yes.
1: absolutely is and it's like one of those movies where there are no winners <laughs> like there's no there, no, there are no none one, no um, one gets out okay
4: and i'm gonna go classic texas chainsaw Massacre on you oh, oh excellent nice. and, and one of the reasons and see, people, you don't think of it of it this way you know there are that's one that you think of as a slasher movie as being really gory. There's not one drop of blood in that
1: movie. There not one. is not go back and watch it. There's not a single drop of blood in that entire thing. What was great was that's a Testament to filmmaking it was like, when your brain fills in what the filmmakers did not put in and they were actually right. fighting for, you know, a, a PG 13 rating. And they're like, it came back with an X and they're like, but why? And they're, well, you're clubbing people to death and you're hanging them on hooks and There's they're like, no yeah, but you don't see any blood. Yeah. It's all implied.
4: It's and- a, it, like if, almost all the violence is implied, which sometimes I agree with you. That actually makes things a little bit scarier because I don't care how incredible the special effects are. I don't care what sort of fancified CGI they're using. Nothing can, can fill in those spots and scare you like your own mind can. Oh so, yeah. That's why it's way better in an American Werewolf in London. That total screen time, the werewolf's on the, is actually on the screen for like a minute. The whole you know, movie. Well,
1: you you, you know don't who, show the monster. It's, you know it's, implied,
4: it's more that it's implied that he's there. It's the idea of him being there. Yeah,
1: that, and both, like you
4: said, your your brain fills in the blanks, and it actually makes it considerably scarier. A
1: couple of things. Uh, number one, the 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 moment where. We realized that this was like a thing was when our our film teacher was like, "Hey, does everybody remember uh, his ear getting cut off in Reservoir Dogs?" And we're like, "Yeah, you know, everybody's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah." And then he showed us the scene. There's no, there's no, it, there's no shot. They pull away from it, and you see a shadow, like you see the loading ramp, and that's it. And it's like, holy crap! We filled in like now we have all this image of our own that is implied and that's terrifying (laughs) because we all have our the our our mind goes to those things like make us super squeamish um but the 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 whole production of the texas chainsaw massacre was apparently a nightmare because you know the dinner sequence Mm -hmm. took 27 straight hours to shoot so
4: the, the old guy that sucks your finger and stuff
1: yeah, well, uh, the, and then actually that's real blood because the the fake blood didn't look real enough and so they just, t- he took off the safety tip of the razor and sliced her and finger open it. and the reason why they shot 27 hours straight was the guy who was playing the old man didn't want to get into makeup for a second time. So they just kept rolling? So they just kept going. Wow. And so, uh, What yeah. misery. <laughs> yeah, so I have a, a lot of respect for, you know, everybody that that, that took part in that film. So- uh, those are yours T and then Will what are yours?
0: Uh, so I'm going to give a few by sort of genre here but I'm intentionally going to leave some off the table because they're part of the later stuff we're going to discuss and I almost don't want to tip my I've, hand.
1: I already tipped my hand. Uh, okay well I'll, I'll
0: give you one then. I okay. mean my my franchise is Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep. I've always loved those movies. Still enjoy them to this day. Yep. Freddy is a classic horror
4: monster period.
1: We, we miss yep. Wes Craven so oh, much. Oh Wes man we miss We you. do
4: not and i i have to tell you um i actually and I, I i wish i could find it not not because anybody would do anything with it it would be more to laugh at it i actually wrote like a nightmare on elm street movie once
0: nice oh i've got to see oh. this
1: oh oh yeah
4: to- no, I, no i really did because you yeah, know ld will attest i was a horror movie freak when i was growing up
1: that's yeah. how i that's how i got my love of horror films just yeah. because yeah. you would actually have some magazines mm-hmm. so instead of like Playboy magazines that he would hide underneath Fangoria. his He'd have Fangora magazines, and I would sneak them out <laughs> of his bedroom and, like, sit in the bathroom in the tub and read his Fangora magazine. I was,
4: it, it was always a thrill when I would come home from school and there would be something wrapped in black plastic sitting on my bed. <laughs> yep, you know it's a good time. <laughs> That's what they delivered. They delivered it, and it was wrapped in black plastic.
0: Uh, So that's my series. I would say for classics, I'm going to go with the 1970s The Changeling with George C. Scott, which if you have not seen that, you are missing out on the genesis of most, quote, horror tropes of the Haunted House series. It's a brilliant movie. And again, it's George C. Scott. This guy could, you know, walk through a brick wall. So in many ways, you are scared for him in this film. Um, And it's really amazing. I got to go sci-fi for one of mine. The original Alien
4: okay the original alien
0: is a masterpiece in horror and aliens is great too it's just a different kind of movie
4: it is is i I don't i don't consider that one the quote horror but i guess if you want to throw it in the sci-fi sort of horror genre it fits and that is a spectacular movie
0: yeah just great start to finish there was an australian film very disquieting called lake mungo and if you, it's, that it's is a,
1: such uh, a great mm-hmm. film. And we found that randomly. Our friend Eddie
0: recommended it, remember?
1: It was part of the yeah. uh, eight. Well, it was, no, no, it was not. It was just an, hey, Eddie, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just a recommendation from Eddie. That's one of those films where you watch it and you think, aha, I've got this. And then it completely takes a left turn. And you're like, oh, wait, no. But it does it again. And then it yeah. does it again. And it by the end of it, you're so emotionally drained because it's started out as one thing, turned into another, turned into another, and then turned into another. But it's done it all so flawlessly. It really has. And I think
0: the film is maybe 12 or 13 years old now. It's It still holds up. It's a fake documentary. It's a mockumentary. mockumentary. And a, yeah. um, delightful movie. Very eerie, I'd say. It kind of leaves you with a feeling after you watch it just...
1: I don't even know how you'd see it now, yeah. but it's called Lake Mungo, Lake Mungo. And it is... So good, mm-hmm.
0: and then another one that I'll throw out there before we dive into the meat of today's episode is one that LD and I are a bit divided on. I love it; she's lukewarm on it, and that would be a small film made, I think, in the early two thousands called Session Nine, uh, focusing on a mental institution and a hazmat team goes in and they find recordings of the patients there, and the use of sound is oh, it's brilliant. I I'm a big fan of this movie. You should decide for yourself. Now, Watch it. Check now, it out.
1: The reason why I am lukewarm on it is because number one if you guys don't know this already i am a paranormal investigator and so i've been in hospitals like the hospital it's supposed to be danvers Mm -hmm. and um i've been in those hospitals and for some reason the film for me just didn't capture something Mm -hmm. it's missing something it's got all the elements but it also has david Crusoe in his weird head but but uh, it's it's okay. Mm-hmm. I like I really like what they did with the sound. I like the the secondary story with Simon and, you know, for me it's just, it's missing, like, one little piece. That's fair. I, I still think it's worth checking out. I'll still it's, watch yeah. it. I'll watch it. If you're like, hey, let's watch Session 9, I'll be like, cool. Yeah, let's watch now? Session 9. Says, I don't hate it. It's not like anything John Landis does. But, um Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> so there's something I'll, I'll save another one for our uh, our list here because i know we've got some things to go over
1: yeah so how do you guys want to do this you want to do one-on-one one if somebody you know polishes their whole list off or what would you guys like to do
4: i think what i'd like to do first is spring a surprise on you two. Oh no a halloween surprise hey Ooh. 10 Ooh. Ooh. boogers <laughs> That's your so, Bob
0: Dylan impression. It's okay. isn't this it?
4: is a yeah, yeah it's a bug. <laughs> Um just, I have concocted
1: whoops.
4: a rapid fire quick answer quiz for the two of you.
1: Okay. Okay.
4: This is uh I don't want if you if you want to expound on any things when we're done, that's fine. Okay. But as I'm throwing these out, I I don't don't tell me why you think this don't give me a backstory. Just answer, and I go to the next one. This is this is rapid fire. It's about fifteen questions, and it, it's going to take about a minute.
0: Okay. Are we answering at the same time?
4: Uh, I'll 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 throw it out, and you know, uh, LD, you answer, and then Will you answer quick quickly, and then I move to the next one. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Okay.
4: <clears throat> okay. All right. Are you ready? Yes, we are. These are these are Halloween and scary movie and scary music themed questions. Here we go.
1: Oof. Okay. All
4: right best trick or treat candy
1: uh reese's peanut butter cups
4: snickers the first halloween costume that you ever remember wearing hair bears voltron jason freddy michael myers who you got freddy
1: freddy you speak what's up, your
4: favorite which what's your favorite movie in that series
1: uh dream child oh, come on it's nightmare on
0: Elm street 3 it's dream warriors
1: <laughs> come on <It's> dream child <sighs> I had the hot blog okay. guy
4: A song that creeps you out. Uh, Mad World. Roller Coaster by the Ohio Players. Okay. Favorite Stephen King book. Under the Dome. Salem's Lot. Best movie adaptation of a Stephen King book.
1: Ooh. Either Carrie or the new It, even though Tim Curry will always be my Pennywise. Uh, I'm Between Mist and Shawshank. Also, Dr. Sleep. Oh, that's a good one, too. And the Shining. Damn it. There's so many good ones. <laughs>
4: favorite, favorite aussie slash Sabbath song?
1: Bark at the Moon. Mama,
0: I'm Coming Home.
4: Best Alice Cooper song.
0: School's Out. Feed My Frankenstein. Ooh, good one.
4: Do you like Edgar Allan Poe?
0: Some of it. I read his stuff every October.
4: <laughs> What's your favorite Poe work?
1: Uh, the Raven. I'm, gonna I'm, go, I'm, um, I'm a basic bitch.
4: The Cask of Amontillado. Ooh. Not hey, ding ding buddy, mine too. Yeah, nice. it's a good one. Well done. Leatherface or Pinhead.
1: Ooh. Chaos or Order. Oh, gonna, gonna have to
4: go Leatherface. I'm gonna go Pinhead. Can we all agree that the novel, the novel Dracula is a crashing bore in each doo-doo? Yes.
1: Yes, yes, <laughs> it is. It's so boring. And also he has a mustache in the book, but no Ooh. one ever puts that on there
4: uh name a movie that legit scared you ever ever
1: i'm gonna have to give me i guess i guess i have to go the shining but i was also like 12 Mm -hmm. and then after that nothing child's
0: play when i was a kid that movie freaked me out and favorite
4: scream queen jamie lee curtis ditto Heather Langenkamp.
1: Oh, good one. Fair enough. Good one. Fair enough. Mm. Now, if we're taking Jamie Lee Curtis and Heather Langenkamp off the table,
4: let me quickly.
1: Um, I'd actually have to probably go Nev Campbell. Ooh,
4: okay, that's good. She, that's really good, we're actually. Close. Yeah. For me, it's Heather Langenkamp by a, a by a narrow margin over Jamie Lee Curtis, but, uh, but so it's very close. close.
1: Very close.
4: So close. they're both they're both pretty badass.
1: Oh yeah. Yes.
4: Oh, I have a um, because we have to have everyone in a epi- uh, one in every episode. I have a fun fact. Fun fact. Fun fact. Did you know that every girl on the cast of Just the Ten of Us was killed by Freddy Krueger in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie? <laughs> now That's, that I'm going through the movies, I can see it. So that is hilarious. Weird. Heather um, Langenkamp. And then Jamie Jamie Lunar. Lunar, yeah. I can't remember the, other, the the blonde and the other one. I can't remember the other one's name, but all, all, the daughters on, yeah. all the daughters on just the 10 of us appeared in Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And I think Freddie killed all of them.
0: <laughs> that
1: wow. That's a great stat. Okay. But also okay. The only person to be killed by a predator, a alien and a it was what per- Terminator. Terminator is. Well, there's, I know
0: what you're going to say, and I think you're right, but I think there's a second one now.
1: It's Bill Paxton. It's always going to be Bill Paxton. But I think
0: Lance Hendrickson joined the ranks in the later movies. Okay. I, yeah. You know what? But I, no, want, Bill Paxton for sure. I
1: want Lance Hendrickson to narrate my life. If I ever have a documentary on my life, please, please someone make that happen. Because Lance was it, wasn't. Wasn't
4: he in the um, the movie version of The Pit and the Pendulum? Yes, he was. He was also in Pumpkinhead.
1: Yeah, yeah and
4: Pumpkinhead. He was in Pumpkinhead. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna run through the through the questions, give my answers really quick. Okay. Okay, so the first one was best Halloween candy, uh miniature uh Kit Kats. Oh
1: nice
4: oh, okay the Reese Cups would be a very close second. Woo first, first Halloween costume that I remember wearing was Batman. Okay, Question.
1: Uh, question to yep. me. Was it those plat like okay, remembering the yes. where they <laughs>
4: <laughs> Yes, it, it sure was. Just-
1: It was just a garbage bag with a picture of a costume on it and a plastic mask.
4: So there were no bat nipples. That's what you're telling me. (laughs) Right. No, there was, it was, that's pretty out. It was basically a trash bag that had a picture of Batman on it and a crappy <laughs>
1: That's what my. That but what look, I'm
4: might... Batman because Batman totally wears a picture of himself on his chest. <laughs> so, I mean, why wouldn't he?
1: I mean, I was a Care Bear, and that was what my Care Bear looked like.
4: Yup, God, those things were flammable as hell. We <laughs>
1: didn't <laughs> probably,
4: <laughs> probably, and there's probably like a billion of those things sitting in landfills. That 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 material could not be biodegradable. There's no way.
0: there's <laughs> piled up
4: somewhere. It doesn't matter. Yep
1: flammable or not we were throwing lawn darts at each other and trying to swallow knives and trying to swallow knives what yeah, we didn't care <laughs> we didn't in the 80s we were indestructible you tiny snowflakes <laughs> I mean, so what are your other answers T? uh
4: let's see uh jason freddy or michael myers for me jason actually really really okay yep, yep. i've always John, been a jason man myself my favorite in that series is part seven which i've already alluded to part two is also really good that's the first one that actually really features michael because you know it's or uh jason because it's it's actually his mother doing the murdering in the first movie
1: yep
0: oh fun fact um fun fact as you probably know tj in the nightmare on Elm street films kincaid's dog is named jason oh
4: okay yeah they named him jason cool uh, a song that creeps you out, uh, y'all know what that one is. For me, it's Black Star.
1: Mm, yeah, I
4: don't. I, I, it, it actually, it, it disturbs me a little bit. Like I really don't like it. I mean, I love yeah. Bowie, and it's a great song, but I don't want to hear it ever again. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about that voice distortion that just gets under my skin, and I, mm. uh, I don't know. I, it's I'm totally,
1: totally fine. You don't. It, it can't hurt you anymore.
4: Uh, my favorite Stephen King book that I've ever read is probably Carrie. Ooh.
1: Yay! We so we matched um, up on that one.
4: Yeah, and the best movie adaptation of a King book for me is Shawshank. Oh,
0: yeah. there you go. Frank My uh,
4: Favorite favorite Ozzy or Sabbath song, I'm going to go with War Pigs. Oh, Ooh. wow. Best <laughs> Alice Cooper song, Poison. Okay. Or maybe Only Women Bleed. That's actually a, an atypically kind of pretty song from him.
1: So uh, is My mom I, Coming you, Home from Sabbath. Yeah, oh. so
4: is My Mom Coming Home. You're right. Uh, no More Tears is great. Oh. close my eyes forever he's got a ton of great ones uh do you like poe yes very much uh your favorite poe work casco maniato also yeah. uh, mine will leatherface with pinhead that's a really close one i'm probably gonna go pinhead mm-hmm. because leatherface was not a lot of personality to him it's just oh. a guy with a that's just a guy with an effed up face he made out of other people's faces with a chainsaw
1: well <laughs> it was less about it was less about you know him and more about the family dynamic but you were rapid yeah. firing so i had no yeah. i had no time to talk it through He's almost a,
4: a straight man
1: yeah, yeah so but i mean like come on dude mm-hmm. let me see pinhead swing that kind of a chainsaw around he doesn't need to he's a demon <laughs> yeah.
4: he's a demon he doesn't have to
1: look yeah. I, I i this is not the hill i'm gonna die on okay <laughs> i have other hills hey, i have to hey, die
4: was it in part two when uh hellraiser will that there were like naked women under these very thin sheets and when the guy would go to pull them away there was nothing there
0: yeah that was too yeah
4: yeah there was a lot of really weird sexual imagery in those in those movies well the centibites are all s&m aren't they yeah right yeah yes yes 100 percent. that's all that was
1: yeah the centib- uh, can we- the, centib- the centibites were absolutely m&ms
4: <laughs> um can we agree that the novel Dracula is a crashing bore and eats doo doo? Yes, I think we can. Yep. Subst- uh, name a movie that legit scared you. Um, it would have been something when I was really young, probably. Um, trying to think what would have been a horror movie I would have seen. Really, really like The Hills Have Eyes or something maybe. That's
0: a disturbing that, I mean, that's film. That's a disturbing yeah. film. And,
4: and that would have, that was late seventies, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. and
1: if I can, if I can add to my amityville horror
4: it would have been something like one of those that's like a that where i would have been a really young child when i saw it
1: let me tell you there is a film called henry portrait of a serial killer oh i've seen it i've seen henry yep which is if you want to there's different levels of fear for me there's like getting under my skin is one making me question things that are around me in the shadows is another but like that one was like I felt like I shouldn't be watching this movie. Yeah, that feels... I felt you felt dirty, and it felt like you felt like a voyeur, and it yeah. put you in a really like gross position. I had a
0: coworker who said if he could pick one movie to unsee, that would be
1: it. Yeah, that would probably be for me yeah. an American Haunting. That, ah, that just, just a, a steaming pile of crap. <laughs> oh,
4: would you uh, Would you try to unsee the uh, Human Caterpillar?
1: The human uh, yeah. centipede. <laughs>
4: And and centipede, people, thank you. Humans. <laughs> human caterpillar. Human caterpillar. Yeah, the thing with people's mouths are on the other people's butts. Yeah, sorry, Tom Six. I, we screwed that one up. I am now just going to refer to it as the human, human caterpillar. caterpillar. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> That sounds like something in the Kama Sutra. I don't know if it's like. <laughs> I won things today and I've been drinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you are allowed, sir. Oh, oh my the human god Caterpillar. So yeah.
1: yeah we saw the sequel right yeah we saw the se- yeah. we saw the sequel we did not watch the third one
0: <sighs> so- do we have
4: to the humans the yeah. human centipede part two more mouths more butts
1: pretty much actually yeah, yeah that's no, a great description and i believe if you have little ones in the car please cover their ears but the guy masturbates with sandpaper yeah it's a little and that's alarming. the point where i was like I don't know if I really got it in me to watch this whole thing today. Oh, I should probably throw this out here
0: now if if the listeners haven't figured it out. There's probably spoiler alerts ahead because we're going to talk about some of these movies and possibly the outcomes of said movies. We will
1: make a – Just keep
0: that in mind. We'll we'll
1: make an announcement. Okay, fair (laughs) enough. All right. All right. So what's the rest of your your
4: answers, T? The last one was uh, favorite Scream Queen, and it's by nose Heather Lang account for me
0: and then jamie lee curtis would be in that and then
4: book. jamie lee curtis just a, a just a, an inch behind her yeah but um she was so good in the nightmare on elm street movies and what wow. was the very last one that was, new nightmare. was more,
1: the, the, new, the nightmare. new
4: nightmare where she actually played herself That's a it great was movie. awesome
1: it's so much fun and it's probably uh, it's i don't consider it canon in the whole library because it's not numbered so for me, that's like it's, a- it. Also, kind of
4: breaks the third wall a little bit because she's not playing Nancy; she's Wait. she's Heather. Hey,
1: hey, uh, T, do you think yeah. Human Caterpillar broke the third wall too?
4: <laughs> it, it chewed through it, Is it like it, <laughs> did it in the yeah. broke out as before, a before fly. sprouting its beautiful before sprouting its beautiful butt wings and flying away? Oh, um. beautiful butt wings live in Lollapalooza. <laughs> All yeah. right, so, welcome uh, to the stage, beautiful butt wings.
1: Well, here we go. So uh, now that we're going to get into the actual crux of the episode. We have an episode? We have an episode? Um, Basically, I put forth all of uh, the co-hosts, all two of them, uh, to come up with their favorite soundtracks from horror films. Now, this includes both score and if they've got any kind of like vocals on it. Specifically, like My First Choice has a lot of just regular songs on them so it's it's a soundtrack it's a soundtrack less less a score more of a soundtrack Mm. so um i told the guys you know there was no number i wasn't like your top five favorites it's just like throw a bunch on the list and let's talk about it and if uh if it's awesome or not so
0: hey ld uh we just need a moment here we'll take a little bit of a break from all this creepiness and take a time out for our sponsors And we're back. Ooh.
1: All right. How do you guys want to do this? Like, you, you hit it, want to hit it all at one time, or do you want to do one, and then we'll do a round-robin kind of thing? I like
0: round-robin, like one, one, and one, and then come all back. Right.
1: Yeah. All right. So uh, how about T, since you're the big winner of the night, why don't you start us off with your number, your, well, your first pick?
4: Okay. Um, I probably have more than y'all do for this list, because I don't follow um, instructions very well. At the top five. However, my contributions in terms of talking about them is going to be insignificant at best. <laughs> because let's just throw this out there up front if people haven't already been able to gauge this from listening to us do the show together for the last year or so. I don't mean this in the pejorative sense, but LD is a theater nerd and a film nerd. Woo! And I, by that I mean she is very knowledgeable about those things she pays attention to things like the score, not just a song that might happen to be in it, you know, a song with lyrics that's already popular. Like she's paying attention to the, the you know, the music that's playing when this happens or that happens. And I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I do not at all. And and, and Will does Will does that certainly more than I do. Uh, maybe not quite as much as LD, but they both pick up on these things much more than I do. So this one was a bit of a struggle. So my actual contributions on this front are going to be minimal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair.
4: <laughs> um, so I actually wrote down like six or seven, but I have almost nothing to say about it.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that's totally fine. I mean, if, if, uh, if they're iconic, I mean, I'm sure that we'll have stuff to add to it. So don't feel bad. Okay.
4: All right. Well um, then I'm going to start off
1: uh, with one that's, widely
4: considered among the best from some lists I looked at, and that would be the original Halloween.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that is, uh, that's actually very iconic. So, well. Now, uh,
4: now, I would say this. I did not know this. It was actually composed, the the soundtrack was, and performed by John Carpenter himself. Yep. And I will expand on that when we get to me about John Okay, John and it, it's the, it, it's actually credited as being to the Bowling Green Symphony Orchestra in the film. <laughs> Well,
0: I will tell you this, that Carpenter's dad was actually the musical director at, uh, what was it, Northern Kentucky State University? Um, Western okay. Kentucky. Which, if you Kentucky. remember, Hilltoppers. Woo. Yeah, the mascot looks like Grimace's inbred cousin. Right. Yeah.
1: So um, how about we take a listen to just a little bit of the 1978 main theme from John Carpenter's uh, magnum opus, Halloween. <laughs> that was a little bit from the theme song from halloween and it is iconic it's awesome it
4: it is and a couple of things first of all will the um i thought about it while uh, ld was playing that the mascot for the western kentucky hilltoppers actually looks like the byproduct of a sloppy one-nighter between grimace and the kool-aid man i don't want to think about that (laughs) for many many reasons that's kind of that's kind of what it looks like uh, uh, to me second of all it's kind of amazing a that carpenter wrote wrote and performed that well he well he didn't actually write it because he says he can't read or write music but he plays Not it like yeah he, he plays it but he said he cannot read or write a single note of anything but he still composed that and that's one of the most iconic scary generic quote scary movie themes that there's ever been because mm-hmm. you go to any haunted house what are they playing Yeah, that's the one yeah you go to anybody's house who's got things you know decorated up real big what are they playing through the speakers oh yeah that. well you go to any halloween party they're gonna play that it that that's iconic and it's weird because it's so minimalistic i mean it's just Ding, de-ding, 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 but there's something about that that is just really really creepy and unsettling and it sets the mood usually for michael myers to stab you in the face pretty <laughs> much yeah pretty much yeah yeah but um, I, I, so I to, to me that one is, and and I really don't know anything else that's on that soundtrack. But I I do know that one, and I know how iconic it is. So I throw out Halloween for my first All submission.
0: All right, uh, Mr. I, Will, I think we'll stay on the John Carpenter train because
1: Tutu. my
0: two favorite aute- auteurs in horror, are of course, the late Wes Craven mm-hmm. and John Carpenter. I mean, The Thing the fog i mean the thing is a masterpiece can we agree on that oh yeah as far as
4: my thing's a masterpiece
1: <laughs> wow And there you have it folks <laughs> see my brother's been drinking i'm sorry but i'm <sighs> okay i'm going
0: to highlight a film that i i know ld you've seen this one tj you may have it's an overlooked gem in the carpenter catalog and that is in the Mouth of Madness from 1994. It's a great film. Great movie starring Sam Neill, and
1: yeah, uh, I mean, Charlton Heston's and in it. And it's not the only yeah. time Sam Neill will come up in this list. Probably not, no. No. Um,
0: as you mentioned, TJ Carpenter is a musician. He actually plays, he has a band. And the blend of sort of eerie metal he created for this soundtrack is so unique and so interesting. I mean, it's technically classified as, as metal. It's got the heavy guitar licks, the drum beats. It's got everything. And if you have not seen this movie, you need to watch it. And the soundtrack is standalone. You know, Carpenter released a series of, what was it, the Lost Lost Film series, volumes one, two, and three, with different items from, you know, In the Mouth of Madness, Assault on Precinct 13, The Fog, and sort of put together his catalog of his own work in film. So that's the one I'm contributing. If you have not seen In the Mouth of Madness, John Carpenter classic, great movie. Check it out this Halloween. <laughs> we are not sponsored by any of these movies. No, but if uh, <laughs> John Carpenter, if you want to visit our podcast, that'd be awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my first one is actually we're gonna move from Carpenter to Craven. oh And my first choice was Scream. It's a great um, movie. It was honestly the film itself kind of jump started the slasher genre again because that was like pretty much a dead genre and he came in and reinvented it like he did with uh Freddy. and it was under new line and uh, kevin williamson wrote it and he was great i think he actually also wrote um not i know what you did nope he might, did, he, did, yeah. he might know what you did last summer and i think he might have also written urban legend but i'm not entirely certain but well isn't new line considered the house that Freddie built exactly yeah and then that uh frodo saved yeah photo renovated. <laughs> so, so uh for the scream soundtrack it was uh, the composer was marco bellamitri and uh, he did an incredible job of creating a hyper tensive just atmosphere that chills you to the core when you're listening to it there are these like strong bells and it's just it's it's so awesome Now. The thing is, he did songs called uh, "Sydney's Lament and we all go a little mad sometimes and then the game begins and all of those are incredible. So his score was phenomenal, but it's one of the first actual film soundtracks that I purchased on my own because they had great songs like Whisper by Catherine. Mm-hmm. They had Gus Black doing a cover of Don't Fear the Reaper. Mm-hmm. They had one of like my introduction to Moby, which was First Cool Hive. But it had Mm -hmm. a song that I'm actually going to play for you guys right now, which is the dude just has the most amazing voice. Mm -hmm. And this is what made me fall in love with this soundtrack. This is Red Right Hand by Nick Cave and the Bad Seed.
2: a little walk to the edge of the town and go across the track where the viaduct looms like a bird of doom as he ships and crap where secrets lie in the border finds, in the humming wires hey man you know you're never coming back, past the square past the bridge, past the mills past the staff
1: All right, so that was a little bit of Red Right Hand by Nick Cave of The Bad Scene. Dude, he has got such an awesome voice, and I think that was just, like, the right choice for that soundtrack. And we were
0: talking during the song there how Wes Craven did a great job of blending soundtrack and score into a piece and making it seamless. Yeah. You know, he did it in other pieces, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. But uh, I think in Scream, it's a great job of integrating those popular songs with a score and making it, again, just, it all flows.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So next up, T, what you got?
4: <clears throat> okay. The next one uh, I'm going to give you is almost an honorable mention pick, but I'm going to throw it in there anyway. And the only reason I picked this is because as far as I know, it's the only horror movie soundtrack that I actually own. Oh, oh wow. it's most certainly the only one that I own on cassette. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be the original motion Picture soundtrack to arachnophobia. Nice. Holy
1: crap! Well done. Arachnophobia. Now, now, uh, <laughs> yes.
4: Now the what LD may not remember is that she also had a copy of it. We both won copies from the local radio station. Yes, <laughs> we did.
1: <laughs> and I played it so many times, and it was all spider-themed songs. <laughs>
4: It was well. A lot of them were. I mean, there there were some, you know, a few little orchestral pieces and some mood setters with some kind of creepy music. But you had, uh, let's see, you had Arachnophobia by Brent Hutchins.
1: My my, my Spider to a Fly was that one of the songs?
4: It features well, spiders and snakes by the Party, Boris the Spider by the Pleasure Thieves. Uh, There's actually a very short instrumental piece called Dilbert Squishes the Spider. (laughs) <laughs> um uh-huh. the spider and the fly by the poor boys oh, that's the right my, your... my
1: my don't tell lies like a spider to fly
4: yep caught in your web straight to your heart by russell hitchcock don't bug me by jimmy buffett
1: <laughs> don't bug me i'm better left alone oh my god it's all coming i feel like celine dion it's all coming back to me now and it's all
4: coming back to uh yeah so it's yeah. significant for no reason other than um, I won a copy of it uh, on the radio when I was about 15, and I still
1: have it. Great. All right. All right. All
0: right. I'm going to come back. Uh, we're going to go. I think we're going to go down this rabbit hole because it was long overdue. TJ, you and I love the series. It is, of course, the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Iconic yes. in every way possible. The original theme, which I think LD is going to queue up right here, was composed in 1984 by Charles Bernstein. And why don't we revisit that for just a a minute or two here? All right.
1: Yeah, I mean, nothing beats the 80s, man. When it came to music, like, it's, again, like, 80s horror music. Phenomenal. It's awesome. I mean, you hear
0: those four notes, and you know what you're getting into. Yeah. It's just off-putting and unsettling. And that's, of course, from the 1984 original Nightmare on Elm Street. But I think we would be remiss if we overlooked some of the fine soundtracks in the Nightmare on Elm Street canon. Uh, TJ, I don't think you
4: answered this question. Which is your favorite? Uh, yeah, no, I did uh, the thirteenth yeah. series is my favorite. Oh no, um, of, the, of the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Sorry. Of the Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. series, I I love the first one. Fair. Um, that that was great, I, and I really like the last one because uh-huh. it was again, it was so different. It's kind of like uh, you guys said, it's almost, it's almost its own entity, almost non-canon. But I really like that one. There were only a couple I didn't. I, I want to say about part three or four there was a it got to a point where it got a little cheesy because it's just like let's see what kind of you know cheesy one-liner robert england can spit out before he slashes somebody's face open you know what i mean it got a little kind of like you know jason got a little just like how many how many times are, are kids gonna like get caught screwing in a tent at camp crystal lake and get whacked with a machine <laughs> right you know what i'm saying it's like well, uh, sure, sure. There was a series of brutal murders there, 10 straight summers, but uh, look how cheap the, cheap the cabins are. <laughs> well, well, it's interesting how I you... I mean, $100 a week, how can we turn that down? <laughs> yeah, it's a steal.
0: Um, I mean, when you get into that, like, middle of the Nightmare on Elm Street canon, like three, four, five,
4: that's definitely the height of the Freddy one-liners, I'd say. That, that, yeah. that, that's yeah. the me where it got, a, it got a little played and cheesy in, uh, in places.
1: In My Nightmare on Elm Street Candle, Uh, line that I have Uh, yes I do have a nightmare on Elm Street candle line uh that's actually one of my quotes is welcome to prime time beep
0: Yep. which is ad-libbed right yep
1: yeah it was ad-libbed because all the other lines that he said weren't working Mm -hmm. and so they're like I did you know just try something and he, he did it and they're like dude we got it
0: <laughs> and that one actually comes from my favorite in the series which is part three dream warriors which ld and i got to see a screening of remember yes with two of the, with cast, members. Two of the cast
1: members and it was really was it awesome Will and
0: Taryn, one, of the, one of the yeah. few
1: one of the few things i'll miss about los angeles is, mm-hmm. is actually just randomly getting to watch movies with the stars uh, but, uh... so um so my next choice you guys are going to sent something kind of early i was like i love old like old horror films Mm -hmm. super old horror films totally get me so one of my favorites and i I know will does not like this one nearly as much as i do but oh my god the music for rosemary's baby that's great the main theme is like Mm -hmm. oh this is sweet and innocent and it's just La La's sung by Mia Farrow so you know that was a fun fact if you guys didn't know that uh, Mia Farrow actually sung the opening lines of the theme from Rosemary's Baby now it was actually scored by um I'm gonna try I, I know it's Kamita but it's like Christoph Kamita and he was a Polish composer who was friends with Polanski and I believe they both survived the Holocaust together so mm. that was something but he was Part of the progressive European jazz movement. And some of that's actually evident in Rosemary's Baby, including the saxophone ballad, Making Love in the Apartment. But it's like the super subtleness of the music that makes it unsettling because it's almost just inextricably linked with each of the scenes and each of the scenes that tension builds and builds and it bothers you more and more.
0: And, and I think Rosemary's Baby is the, the perfect example of a quote slow burn horror movie. Because yep. they talk about others that have come out like The Witch. Uh, yeah, it's, it doesn't achieve what Rosemary's Baby did. Because the whole time, she's questioning everything and then the payoff is you realize she's right.
1: It's the definition oh. of gaslighting. Oh. Yeah, it, it really is. is. Absolutely. That film is just, if you want to know what gaslighting is, watch go that. watch Rosemary's yeah. Baby. Or Mary Poppins. <laughs> or
4: or, or a, a gaslighting, you could yeah. watch um, Blazing Saddles. There's a very famous scene where they do that.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what's your next pick, Pete?
4: <laughs> you alcoholic squirrel. That's funny because, you know, they're uh, eating beans and sitting near a fire. Okay. <laughs> what All right. in the fine uh, world of sports is going on? Okay. Well, I know that uh, we're going to need a shitload of dimes. Um, okay. This is one that I know when people think of brutal horror films that leave you a different person they all probably think of kiss meets the phantom of the park i know in the in the in the realm of uh of um horror movies that just leave you a different person that diddle your soul that are so frightening they need not be speaking of i think kiss meets the phantom of the park is definitely on that list and i'm being sarcastic it was the biggest <laughs> piece of shit in the history of cinema
1: i was like how much is my brother yeah, had to well, drink? i'm
0: like hang on where is this going yeah
4: yes where where it's going is that's actually that's one of the biggest pieces of shit and i'm pretty sure kiss would just tell you that you could have you could have asked you know uh paul or gene when you met them all day they probably would have said yeah, but that was just a cash grab. That was really terrible. I'm not sure what we were doing there. <laughs> but we're not judging the quality of the movies. We're judging the quality of the soundtrack. And what is that soundtrack? It's a bunch of Kiss songs. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> it's it's Rock and Roll All Night. It's Christine 16. It's Shout It Out Loud. Beth, Hotter Than Hell, God of Thunder. It's a banger. It's Kiss. Um That's much more up my alley than most of what we're talking about tonight. So, uh, yeah, I'll go with uh, Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park.
1: Okay. All right. right. What's your next one, hon?
0: Well, I'm going to play a game with both of you here. Oh. Because it could be one of two movies in a series. Now, these films were released directly to Netflix, one in 2017 and one just a couple years later. And LD actually knows one of the actors in the film. I'm talking about... The Babysitter, and The Babysitter, oh, Killer Queen.
1: Oh, yay! <laughs> they are the,
0: and I love how these movies totally steered into the campiness. Guys, it is so, yeah.
1: they are so, so, so much fun. And as the more we watch her, I
0: think Samara Weaving is just delightful.
1: I can't, I, she's, I, amazing. she's just, she's yeah. one of those people, because she was in, um, we watched, literally, we watched Killer B, uh, and then we watched...
0: Guns Akimbo. Guns
1: Akimbo, and then we watched, and this is like all in three yeah. nights, then we watched uh bill and ted faced the music and she was in every single one of them and we're like can we just have a day where she's not on our tv
0: no we can't i, no, I like her, we she's want her on TV. and we yeah. like her <laughs> and you know one of the actors
1: yes fire
0: nice yeah, bob bob Amell,
1: is that right robbie robbie Mel. Yeah. robbie M L. um we did a tv show together years and years ago called true jackson vp uh he was actually a star i uh i was background and uh so you know, you know, I got to do a lot of fun stuff while I was on the show, but he was like the love interest of Kiki Palmer and a uh, super nice guy, just a genuinely nice dude. So so the game is gonna be fun because TJ, you have not seen these films.
0: LD. No, I have not. You have seen these films.
2: Yeah.
0: And no. I'm gonna tell you what's on each soundtrack, and you're gonna pick which one you think is better. Okay. okay. So the, the both soundtracks are great thematic. They blend kind of 80s rock with punk. And a little bit of, I don't know what to call it, but I'll read you the track list and you tell me, TJ and LD, which has the better soundtrack, The Babysitter or The Babysitter Killer Queen? So here's the lineup for The Babysitter. We have Front and Center by Craig Craig, Boys Want to Be Her by Peaches, I Just Want to Make Love to You by Fog Hat. Everybody Loves the Sunshine by Roy Ayers, I Want Candy by Bow Wow Wow, Spooky by Dusty Springfield, mm. Star Child by Monster Paws, We Are the Champions by Queen, and Babysitter by Betty Wright. That's the soundtrack for the first one, The Babysitter. Okay. All right. For its sequel, The Babysitter Killer Queen, we have Way I Walk by The Cramps, They Want EFX by das FX, Bust a Move by Young MC, I Want to Know What Love Is by Foreigner, Yes. Hocus pocus by focus. <laughs> <laughs> Love on a train by Tangerine Dream. 867-5309. Jenny by Tommy Tutone. Police Truck by the Dead Kennedys. Black Velvet by Alana Miles. Apache by the Sugar Hill Gang. I feel what you feel by the final decisions. Fish Heads by Barnes and Barnes. And of course. Killer Queen by Queen. So, let's start with LD. Which of those is the superior soundtrack?
1: I'm going to say the second one.
0: It's a good one, isn't it's it? It's a
1: really good one. It, the second one, like, because you know they got money. Yes. They, they got money. They knew that they had money, and they spent a lot of it on special effects and music, and music. as they should have. <laughs> um, although, you know, it, Foghat did almost throw it for me, because you guys know I'm not Queen, but like dusty also yeah. i have to finish a thought before <laughs> oh, you yell at me for not finishing the thought <laughs> sorry um no but like dusty queen and fog hat for the first one you know almost had me but you have such an incredible one and then they folded queen back in because you have yeah.
4: to so. a better queen song
0: so tj any thoughts first soundtrack or second one
4: i'm i'm, I'm gonna go with ld and say the second one by a nose um they yes they both have queen offerings i think the second one has a slightly better queen offering Kill for Queen. my taste, yeah, Killer Queen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got Foreigner and a lot of Miles, and then and then you hit me with Barnes and Barnes. <laughs> that was the clincher.
2: Fish, it's fish, it's roly poly, fish, fish, roly-poly, it fish, Wasn't can, you not like That that, that, that wasn't... that's
4: clearly that's what dragged it over the finish line. It wasn't hocus pocus by focus. And yoddy 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 Okay. Let's, like, like, can, can you imagine there's some guys sitting around wherever they were from, going like, "Hey, hey, you know what we should do? We're gonna mix heavy metal and yodeling
0: and yodeling." <laughs> <laughs> so those are my picks. Uh, if you haven't seen the babysitter, not on Netflix, check them out. A lot of fun, nostalgic, and campy, all just delightful.
1: All right. So for my next one. I'm going to say the best, okay, because this is a series of films, and we have to watch the newest one. We have been on this crazy train since, like, 2006 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And and maybe, I don't remember when they came out, but um, we've seen all of them except for Spiral. So if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, it is the software. And while it fell off after the second one and got super convoluted, the music has always been a banger yeah um i'm gonna probably butcher name. hang on hang on is somebody texting you t uh
4: yeah uh somebody just texted me a picture of like my headshot that they used for the awards and they like wrote on my face i won bitch <laughs> 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 and normally i wouldn't inter i wouldn't interrupt our show with a uh, text i'm getting but i just had to share that one.
1: that's but totally sure. fine so the guy the, the composer I'm going to screw up his name. I think it's Charlie Clouser or Closer, but he also did the music for like Dead Silence. Now, I'm not going to talk a lot about it because I just want you to hear how awesome his composition was. So here is Charlie Closer Clouser with the Saw soundtrack. And of course, we will fade it out a little bit earlier, but I just want you to kind of get the full impact. so that was the saw theme and like it's it's super industrial it's kind of like a break from what i usually consider but it's something that when you hear the music you immediately know what you're watching and
0: what's cool is it has like the orchestration and the industrial component
1: and it's so beautiful because you hear the strings behind Mm -hmm. it and then but you hear like that metal clanging and it's it fits with the it fits with the series so well because if you know anything about saw the first one literally takes place in just a bathroom mm-hmm. and and it's it's one it's it fell off after the second one for me but the music remains yeah. so they get bombastic in later chapters yeah they do yeah. it gets very convoluted but I still love it. So, uh, all right, T, you're up next. All
4: right. Uh, well, I'm actually going to dip back into the one of the wells I visited a little earlier, and I'm going to hit you with a uh, Halloween Three: Season of the Witch. Ooh, That's a good one. that, that is, is a, a really good one. good one. Now, as movies go, it's terrible. It's considered it's one of a, worst. It's the worst. It's by far the worst in the series because it's it is as uh, you two like to note non-canonic. It has nothing to do with Michael Myers. It has nothing to do with any of the storylines of any of the other movies. It's about druids, yeah, and, very some, sure. and, and other and other weird stuff. Yes, and and imagine my surprise—forty-five minutes into the movie, going like, "When's Michael Myers going to be in this?" <laughs> um, but yeah. there's a there's an updated version of the Halloween theme again by uh, John Carpenter, and there's that song they play over and over and over that creeps me out. Yep. Six
2: more days till Halloween. Yeah. Halloween,
4: silver, I don't know. There's something about, and I don't know what it is. There's so, if it if it's because you're putting sinister overtones on something that should be very innocent but there's something about using children's voices that way that just unsettles me a little. It's creepy. Agreed. Yeah, that's. And I'm it. not I'm not sure why but that that rec- that song that they play throughout that movie, you know, as they get closer and closer to Halloween. I don't like that song. <laughs> it is <laughs> it is a little it is a it's a little unnerving and creepy, which is what it's supposed to be. I mean, it it accomplishes uh, it, uh that in that respect. But yeah, um and I really can't tell you anything else that's on that soundtrack, but the updated version of of the Michael Myers theme is really good, and then that is creepy, and it it is a bullseye if they were aiming for skeeving Travis out.
1: Okay, so let's uh, take a listen to uh, a couple minutes of it. <laughs> No, there's something very unsettling about it. It's mm. like the repetitiveness and almost the sharpness of those sounds. Like, it almost sounds like, pick, 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 Yeah, good choice. Good
0: choice. Oh, thank you. All right, you're up. Well, I think we're going to go to another sort of auteur and more of a, a newer one, and that would be Rob Zombie. Uh, Rob Zombie, obviously. Hey, has-
1: I worked with that guy. Yeah, you
0: did. He made uh, music, of course, with White Zombie, and we discussed that. But uh, he also wanted to be a filmmaker. I believe his first film was House of a Thousand Corpses. Is that right? That is
2: such yep.
0: a great film. Yes. And, and he did a really good job of putting together the soundtrack and making it sort of Sorry. mesh with what was on the screen. If you remember the, yes. the one scene with the cop where it pulls out and it's just oh and god, and, and, and I landing. saw that
1: in the movie yeah. theater. Keep and I'm not even joking. Yeah. It was not even like funny laughter. It was uncomfortable. Yeah. Because, and it was, it was a Slim Whitman. Slim Whitman,
0: yeah. Slim mm-hmm. Whitman
1: song and he's got the gun to the gut to the cop's head and it just pulls out and it pulls out and then the song ends and it keeps pulling out and keeps pulling out and then stops and, and then waits, and yeah. waits like another 15 incredibly uncomfortable so seconds awkward. and it's like that we when i saw it in the theater people were like <laughs> so yeah very he was and then using personal uh, mm-hmm. your own personal jesus uh when they're going into the liquor store mm-hmm. like ah, oh, he, he it's just great like yeah
0: jungle boogie when he's yeah. torturing uh what's his name uh, the guy dwight Schrute? Yeah. <laughs> rain, wilson. rain wilson thank you,
1: you he's dwight isn't he On the yeah office? but he yeah. is but he's got a real name he he's a person However, that's
0: not the film we're going to draw attention to today. That's going to be his lesser-known release a few years later called Lords of Salem.
1: Which we didn't make it all the way through. Sadly,
0: we didn't. And uh, it's one of the films where, again, he was taking his poor wife, Sherry, and just putting her through the ringer. Yeah. Like, having her wade into cold water in the middle of the night.
1: Poor, <laughs> that, that girl stuff. has been through so much. And, like, Ugh. she does not get enough credit. She is a phenomenal actor and, actress. She's and, great, yeah. And Three from Hell was amazing.
0: Devil's Rejects. And Devil's yeah.
1: Rejects. She's an awesome actress. Yeah. However, the soundtrack really
0: stood out to me because I realize it covers a lot of the topics uh, or subjects of our podcast. If you look at the soundtrack for Lords of Salem, you have Rick James. You have Rush. Now, I don't think we've covered Lou Reed, but the Velvet Underground is here. Yes. But most importantly, you have Manfred Mann's
2: Earthman!
4: <laughs> and we have to do it really spooky. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, the Manfred Man's earth man. reference of the podcast has been satisfied.
1: We're like
4: Vincent Price. Now. <laughs> um, also,
1: this episode is like four hours long and I'm sorry, but we're talking about things that I enjoy. So, yes. So, <laughs> sorry, guys. Thanks, Manfred Man. Thank you, man for Man. Um. Okay. Uh, is that, you're good? Uh, well, good? that's the Manfred Man's good. reference. All All right. Right. We had to I get mean, there somehow. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, my next one is a movie that has actually gained a cult following and it was the very first official date I ever went on. Ever? Ever. It was 1997. I oh, no. I was 17 and I went to see a movie starring Sam Neill Got it. <laughs> called Event Horizon. Oh, I
2: love this movie.
0: Now,
1: the, the, the it's a now a cult classic there are people that are like let's revisit it if they remade it I don't know if I would see it because I truly oh. do love this film but I feel like it deserves a second chance there's also footage that's missing from it which you know would have made it even more interesting because he wasn't given uh, a direct he wasn't given a proper director's cut and then like it was destroyed in salt mines and so so this has that been there's been a harrowing journey of event horizon so the person that actually did the music was Michael Kamen, and he is actually an Oscar-nominated composer who went to Juilliard. So he knew his stuff. He did the theme for Band of Brothers, right? I think he so might, he might have. have. He did.
4: Yeah. Michael Kamen did, like, everything. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. He he worked. He was the, the musical director on the Diamond Dogs tour for yes. David Bowie. Yeah. He worked on uh, Terry Gilliam's Brazil. He did Lethal Weapon uh and, he did die hard
4: essentially every time you hear a rock band performing with an orchestral section michael cayman's almost was was i have sadly he's not with us anymore but it yeah. almost always was michael Kamen that was conducting
1: yeah he was studying oboe with juilliard but he was also in a jug band which was awesome <laughs> just a fun yeah. little thing but he actually he,
4: he actually came up in our uh, petty series because he he conducted the strings and orchestral section on it's good to be king
1: yeah and he also did one of my personal favorite songs this is a guilty pleasure song which was all for love by sting ron stewart Wait, that was like, and, oh yeah
0: <laughs> and Brian you it's gonna be
1: sting. if you guys don't know if if we ever sing that song, I am always, always going to be Brian Adams. You're Brian Adams every time. I am Brian Adams every time. But he also did everything I do, I do it for you. So, like, this movie was in good hands when it came to uh, the the orchestral and score. Like, hands down, it was awesome. Now, for the ending of the film, they actually went with something that was kind of coming up in the music scene, but really hadn't gotten a whole heck of a lot of recognition, which was techno music. And we actually did an episode on the person that did the final song, which was Funky Shit by Prodigy, and that was Keith Flint. It was Keith Flint. you're right. Yeah, so like, you had this like amazing orchestral stuff, like very good, high tension, like building music, and then at the end it gets all released with Prodigy. And so if you guys listen to our uh, Keith Flint episode, like you guys know how much I, a, I love techno music. This is my introduction to it. So that's my choice, Event Horizon. Nice. All right. T, you are up, sir. What's American Psycho? It's one of the um, books by Brett <laughs> It is, oh, is it? a psychological thriller. It could be considered a depending on which side of the road do you take. Is it real or is it all in his head? Mm.
4: Is it uh is it like a movie or a TV show or whatever?
1: Yeah, it's a movie and it's also a book by my favorite author, Brady Snellis. It's I've never seen
4: time. it. I, I'm not this is not a put on. I, I've never seen it. I don't know what it is, but I also know that featured on the soundtrack is Pump Up the Volume by Mars.
1: <laughs> yes.
4: Who's Feeling It by the Tom Tom Club? Paid in full by Eric B. and team You got uh, John Cale on there, New Order, The Cure, and Information Society with what's on your mind and Huey Lewis in the news hit the player.
1: Yep. That is an iconic intricate, scene. intricate, important, iconic scene from Huey Lewis in the news. Like, if if you ever hear that song and you see a raincoat, run. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's yeah. honestly like yeah. Brady Snellis, yeah, Brady Snellis wrote another book called Less than Zero, which could have also, you know, gone on to the soundtrack Hall of Fame because uh, that was incredible, and that's our Jamie Gertz. And she was hot, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. And it was one Can of. Can I f- just say, hey, yeah, I
4: I gotta t- let, let's just let's just give some let's have some Jamie Gertz appreciation.
1: She's incredible, Twister, Twister Hello. First of all,
4: she's a great. Well, so she's she's a, she's she's a terrific actor and everything, but what an underrated babe of the 80s jamie gertz was absolutely oh, yeah she was totally totally underrated. totally overlooked in
1: the lost boys i love lost that boys i
4: love oh, lost boys is a great movie
1: great movie it It. i i'm not gonna okay no i'm if will has chosen this i'm not gonna say anything did you I,
0: choose it uh it is on my list
1: oh, yes. okay so, the, so pretty much just pretty
4: pretty much because they uh because it features uh, Information Society and Huey Lewis in the news, I picked American Psycho. Even though I don't know what it is,
0: that's fair enough. Yeah, but it works because that movie's about
1: eighties greed and excess. So. Yeah, and
4: if uh, and if Jamie Gertz was in it, then I'm 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 all the more in favor of it. You're on yep.
1: board. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, the the um, American Psycho does not have Jamie Gertz in it. She was in Less Than Zero. However, Reese Witherspoon and uh, Chloe. Why can't I think of her last name? From kids. Chloe? yeah why can't i think of her last name she was in kids she was in american horror story this is the part where you feel like a real ghost when like our entire audience is screaming at me chloe silvini chloe Salvini, yes chloe, is it chloe silvini? She she's on the brown bunny right uh, brown bunny yeah she's considered like the worst movie ever made i don't is that a thing uh yeah
4: what do you hey okay quick quick sidestep what is the worst movie ever made in your opinion mine's pretty definitive
2: okay
0: Oh,
4: i know what yours is nothing but trouble yep
2: that's the one
4: (laughs) that is the (laughs) worst movie i've ever that's the worst thing i've ever seen that was the worst expenditure of 90 minutes of my life that i'll never get back that was the biggest waste of talent in the history ever what a flipping turd fire of an unfunny piece of crap that was i it it astounds me. It's much like when we did our Eddie Van Halen series, and Will and you and I sat and talked about Van Halen three, and you go, "How could that much talent make that? How yeah. could all the talent in, the, in that room make that? Okay, how are, could all the people in that movie make such an absolute steaming pile of shit? That was the, it is the uh-huh. worst thing I've ever seen. And it had the digital underground, okay, and the digital the, the, the one saving grace of the whole thing.
1: Okay, I, I okay the room is bad but it's so bad that it's good so it loops back on itself like a (laughs) a snake eating its own tail um but i yell um jesus christ vampire hunter or showgirls 2 i guess
4: they made a second showgirls
1: yeah they did what yeah, we don't, can't. We can't bother. find the third one, but it, it's out there somewhere. Yeah, and then the worst horror film I think I ever saw was *An American Haunting*, which again it was Donald and Sutherland and Sissy Spacek. Don, Donald Sutherland yeah. and Sissy Spacek, and it was so bad of a film that when we left the theater, gave us passes to see another movie and then apologized to us. Yeah, it was that bad. It was bad. Where are we at? Where are we at in this episode? I, I don't know. We got Whose turn is it? Terrible no, movies. No, your turn. Am I up? Wait, is it, did you just go, T? Yes, you did. Wait.
4: I said American Psycho. I thought you said something since then, but I'm not really paying attention.
1: Nope. You, you're you up. Well, we're going to go
4: that. with... Uh...
0: The one LD alluded to, it's on my list. 1987, Lost Boys. I mean, so what hard. a fantastic movie.
1: It is such a bad soundtrack.
0: Oh, are you kidding me? How dare you? How dare you?
1: oiled up dude playing the saxophone, and you think it's funny. Listen,
0: I was going to stick to this and make you play I Still Believe by Tim Capello. Now, if you're not going to do it, TJ, can you back me up on this one? Do we need some I Still Believe? Absolutely. I think <laughs> we do. Yes, give it up. Cue it up! No, you it do, it. Up. do it. I'm not
1: having my fingerprints on that. This is
0: awesome. If you've if you've never seen this movie, you're probably really lost at the moment, wondering what the hell <laughs> oh. these people are talking about. Some greased up dude playing the saxophone. Um, but if you don't know, I still oh. believe you're really missing out on some of the finest 80s saxophone playing around.
1: Stop banging on the computer! I'm sorry. I'm really it.
4: excited.
1: Oh, but why? is
4: it is uh i'm trying to remember is it the? Uh, is the is uh awesomely 80s as uh the waitresses oh. i know what boys oh. like i'll let you be the judge here we go okay DJ, does it does it rack up to what you were thinking of? Oh, absolutely, chairman.
2: <laughs> but
0: that is a great soundtrack. It's got NXS. it's got Echo and the Bunny, and it has Lou Graham. Lou Graham. <sighs> All right. Tough well, crowd tonight. Jeez,
1: come on, Lost Boy, Keefer Sutherland, come on, <laughs> Corey Feldman. It's a good movie. I don't need to see a greased up, long haired, weird dude playing the saxophone.
0: But but LD, what is the last line of the film? all the
1: damn vampires go watch it you're welcome (laughs) all right my choice is going old school again we just watched this film and it still holds up it is awesome it is carrie yeah the first one uh it was composed by pino d'angio and he actually scored two pop songs with born to have it all and i never dreamed someone like you could love someone like me so there you go, performed by Katie Irving, which was the sister of Amy Irving, who was in the movie Carrie, and who's also the daughter of Priscilla Pointer. Really? Yeah. So wow. just a whole bunch of fun facts. Fun facts. Um facts, fun facts, fun facts. Fun fact. Uh it was released by United Artists and it was awesome. And it's one of the it's another kind of uh soundtrack that is sort of like in the same vein as Rosemary's Baby Mm. in the sense that it's got like that eerie lullaby-ish kind of innocent music. And, uh, but yeah, it also, if you guys don't know, features the same kind of trill as Psycho does. So it's got the strings. Mm. Anytime she uses her power, it's an homage to the Hitchcock film Psycho because it uses that same kind of like shrill a uh, violin shriek yeah. each time uh, her powers are activated, but it's an awesome one and it's, it's beautiful. It's full of tension. I love it. So that was my other choice. And I've got two more tea. How many do you have?
4: Two. Okay. But, but one of them is really, I'm just going to say the name of one song.
1: Okay. I got two. All right. and You got two. Got All two. right. Perfect. So two more, two more rounds. What's your next one?
4: Okay. Uh, Friday the
1: 13th part six.
4: Because of the <laughs> Alice Cooper song "Man Behind the Mask," is that I New know. Blood? New Blood New- was seven. New seven. Blood was seven. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: So it was the final chapter, I think, right?
4: Yeah, final chapter was part six, but that's the one that has the Alice Cooper uh, "Man Behind the Mask" song.
0: Got it. Okay. Cool. Okay. What's yours? I am going to take it to a horror movie fans horror movie "Cabin in the Woods."
1: Okay. And, yeah. T <laughs> T. Let me explain something to you about "Cabin in the Woods." All right. It's a movie you need to watch because as a fan, nay, an aficionado of the early 70s, 80s horror films, you will absolutely appreciate this movie. It is fighting satire. It is witty. It is awesome, but you, you will absolutely love it. I'm going to sit your ass down at Christmas time and make you watch it because it is that good of a horror film.
0: Okay. It's also the first film directed by Drew Goddard. you know that? It was his really? first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is one hell of an outing. Yeah. I mean, he had been writing for some time, but he went on to produce Daredevil. He worked on Cloverfield. He, I mean, his resume is a mile long. Uh, but it does a good job of blending score and songs. As you pointed out, there is the OK Go song, White Knuckles, which is yep. great. Um, it has songs by Eagles of Death Metal. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's got them on the soundtrack. It's got Iggy Pop. It's got Nine Inch Nails. But I think the best... Best use of the song ever is "Roll with the Changes" by Ario Speedwagon.
1: That's <laughs> incredible. Keep on, going. Keep on going. And
0: just the way it's used is perfection. The way they yeah. use
1: the song is so good. Yeah, it's
0: it's phenomenal. Again, I haven't seen Captain in the Woods? Go check it out. It's it's great.
1: All right, I'm gonna. Pl- I'm actually not gonna tell you guys. Well, you're gonna kind of cheat. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I'm not gonna tell you what my next choice is i'm actually just gonna play it and see if my brother can actually guess it okay this is only two minutes and 30 seconds i am tempted to play the majority of it okay so t keep your ears out let me know what you think So I just played a good Minute 15. T, do you know what that song is? I do not. Okay. Again, this is a name I'm going to friggin' butcher, but it's Lalo Schifrin. Mm-hmm. And he actually had a score for The Exorcist, which was rejected. Oh, and wow. He, he kept away from horror films until he did this one. I think there was one before this, but he did return. No, there was a one in 1978 that he did called Manitow i think but this is the one that i will uh, that haunts my dreams and this is the theme to the amityville horror
4: nice ah okay if i was gonna venture a guess uh, oddly i was actually gonna guess the exorcist yeah So it's weird that he wrote a piece for that and it was rejected
1: yeah yeah this is one of those ones where it's just like i will hear it and immediately take me back to autumn and just fear and there's something creepy about that that innocent like la 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 i'm not gonna sing it but like that vocalization that's just eerie it's just creepy so that was a uh, that's my penultimate choice and uh t what is your ultimate choice i know these weren't numbered in any way so what's your what's your final choice
4: okay uh the last one is one that i teased you to uh on in our, our last uh conversation and like i was tempted to tell you and i was like no i don't think i'm going to i'm gonna make them white on this one because i don't think either of you picked it but this is by far my favorite uh soundtrack to a horror movie it uh is from a kind of forgotten horror movie that came out in 1988 i believe
1: it's one called
4: shocker oh my god
1: wow i forgot about that one excellent wow yeah totally forgot about shocker shocker yeah how
4: could you I know. And so,
1: 1988 was a hard year for me you know with all the uh the cocaine Man, yeah, I was, yeah. Eight. I was eight but i was really trying to emulate drew Barrymore more at the time so it's a it's 88 89 it's kind of a haze
4: yeah she was she was uh absolutely riding the lightning
1: yeah
4: she was chasing the old white snake yeah at um at uh, hold on a second let me check my calendar at eight yeah. <laughs> so okay so this this soundtrack was almost all hard rock and heavy metal it featured iggy pop it featured dangerous toys it featured voodoo x it had megadeth redoing alice cooper's no more mr nice guy wow Wow. and then will the thrill it featured i guess kind of a one-off super group called the dudes of wrath (laughs) do you know do you know who was in the dudes of wrath why do i feel like it's bruce dickinson (laughs) Well, no, but almost everybody else is. So get this. Here here were the dudes of Wrath. Ready? Paul Stanley. Wow. Desmond Child. (laughs) Vivian Campbell. Oh, wow. Rudy Sarzo from Whitesnake. Guy Mandade. Tommy Lee. And singing background vocals, Michael Anthony.
0: So you're saying pretty much everyone but Bruce Dickinson. (laughs)
4: Almost everyone but Bruce Dickinson. Oh, like so that was actually Brad. really a terrible, it was really a terrible guess now that, now that I think about it, because, like, if you picked almost anybody else, you would have been right, I would have been right. Oh, all the choices <laughs> I've made, but they did the, the, uh, the title song, uh, one called Shocker, was actually, uh, that, that's actually the one I remember the best, but they also uh, did a, I think, sort of a Shocker reprise at the end, and then there was a, a song in there called Shocker Dance that I don't really remember by the dudes of Brad and I'd probably not like to, but. The, the first, the first of those hot things was really, really good. Um, but anyway, this was—I I loved horror movies at the time. I loved heavy metal at the time. This combined the two, and I—I I, I loved it. There's some good songs on that one, so that's actually probably my favorite. Got it.
1: Yeah, excellent choice, dude. Well done on your list. Yes, very nice, Mister Dude. Not, not
4: really, but thank you.
1: <laughs> Look, you—you you did good. You did. You did. I did, I
4: did. I did as good as I'm capable of doing on that particular exercise.
1: <laughs> yep, fair enough. All right. What is your final one, Mr. Will of the Thrill? Some would say this is almost cliche,
0: but I would say it set a standard that is still in place today. And you even alluded to it earlier. 1960 Bernard Herrmann, Psycho.
1: Ah, it set the standard. Now, can I, can I interject yes, really can. quick? Because we had a discussion in the elevator and I'm mildly confused. Mm. You did not go with Silent Hill. It was on my list.
0: There's a lot of good stuff going for it. It was the original composer of the music from the games, but when you think of what set a standard, I, I have to go with Psycho. I mean, it's fair. I have it's to fair. And also Bernard Harmon composed one of the most iconic TV themes of all time, The Twilight Zone. Okay. So yeah. I'm, going with, I'm going with sixty Psycho. Hitchcock, can't beat it.
4: Hey, I have a question very yeah. quickly. What is it about either very simple pieces or very repetitive pieces that make them work so well in horror movies because you think about you know you like you just you just mentioned psycho i mean it's just it's a very repetitive thing the michael myers thing it, it's it's creepy but it's just dun, 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 dun. It just it's it's extremely repetitive jaws is two notes basically right yeah do, do. Mm-hmm. what is it about the simplicity of those things that work so well in those movies i wonder
1: Honestly, there's two things that I think work really well when you're composing a horror film. Um, especially for women, uh, there are notes that are very high and notes that are extremely low. There's something about, like, low hertz within a song can actually, like, rattle us to the point where it feels uncomfortable. Like, bass feels uncomfortable to me. I, it's it's very strange. We have a fan in our oven, and the 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 sound that it makes is really low frequency and it just, I can hear it from the bathroom and it bothers me. So I think there's that that are injected into horror films, but like the repetitiveness, again, I think it kind of goes with the idea of you filling in something. It's that idea that this is so simple. Something has to be coming up. Mm. It can't stay this way forever and the longer it stays that way, the more uncomfortable you feel. Or, you know, with Psycho, it's that high string notes that yeah. come almost nowhere that just shock you. So I think in the end, it's just when it's that repetitive, you're waiting for something to happen. It's We've been trained for that, like waiting for the, the beat to drop when you're listening to music as it gets higher and higher and higher. You know, it's, it's that idea that something's about to happen. Because it can't stay this way forever. <laughs> that's my that's my thought. Okay. Um, okay.
4: Interesting. Um, now we had you. Did you have uh, one more on your list, Lindley?
1: I I did, and I'm actually going to do our socials because I'm going to close out with the song mm-hmm. because
4: Sweet. Sweet. it is
1: one of the greatest. So really quick, I'm going to do our um, our socials real quick. And uh, guys, first of all. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey. I know it's like a three-hour episode. You know what? We don't care. We had a good time. And after Jim Croce, we needed a little bit of a break. Yes. Yeah. So uh, if you would like to support the show in any way you can by throwing a coin to your Witcher, you can do that at patreon.com backslash rock and roll heaven. You can check us out on Twitter at rock and roll LT. Our Instagram is rock and roll heaven LT. Our Facebook is Rock and Roll Heaven Pod, still not saying our website. And you can email us at rock and lt at gmail.com. And please make sure to check out all of the other awesome Pantheon podcasts at pantheonpodcast.com. And since this is coming out on Halloween, you guys, please remember be safe. Uh, I don't know what the protocol is going to be, if there's going to be like any parties, trick or treating, or anything like that, but just please make sure, guys, get a designated driver. It is so, so, so important, you guys. Take care of yourselves because this is one of those like drinking holidays. Mm. And, you know, I i don't want to miss any of our listeners. You guys are too precious to us. So please take care of yourselves. Please be safe and have a ton of fun. Um, next week, we are off uh, as I prepare for my 30,000 part episode on Michael Jackson. Your Odyssey. This is literally homer writing the odyssey but we will be back with part one of probably 38 of michael jackson actually when this episode drops i will be on my way to neverland ranch <laughs> We're bailing you out probably so if you guys would like to add to my bail money you can do that over at patreon.com backslash rock and roll heaven um t is there anything you'd like to say to the audience all right all right mr will thrill <laughs> Happy Halloween! Hey, All right, so the final entry on our list of spookiest soundtracks of all time could literally only go to one movie, and I'm sorry boys. I am your quarterback as my brother has said many, many times, and uh, for this, it trumps all. The greatest horror film soundtrack of all time, in my opinion, is the shining mm-hmm. now this was done by electronic music trailblazer wendy carlos and her producer and collaborator rachel elkin and they actually did a clockwork orange for stanley Kubrick prior to doing this but you guys i am hard pressed to find anything that evokes fear and a, a creepy feeling in the pit of your stomach just knowing something bad is going to happen I always go back to this movie and to this soundtrack. So to wrap up the episode, I'm going to play The Shining Soundtrack's main title.
3: and why wait for the fall fantasy points also covers the new spring football league the ufl join the guru john hansen scott barrett joe dolan and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer